Just a note to say that the audio on today's episode isn't perfect, and thanks in advance for your understanding. Also, I've started another podcast called Rest Stop. You can find it at reststop.fireside.fm. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with Katie from Spirits Having Fun. How are you? Hello. Um, I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing all right. It's the start of the new year. It's cold. I went to a bonfire last night. That was very nice. Had some hot cocoa. I'm doing the very wintry things. <laughs> um, yeah, you have some bad songs to share with us today. I am very excited to listen to them. Yeah, I'm excited that um, that I'm on this podcast. This is my first ever podcast, so I'm nervous. Oh, well, welcome. Oh, you're going to be great. It's oh, fine. Thanks. I start. I started this podcast and then I was like, oh, wait, I don't really love talking. And I don't <laughs> think I'm good at talking. And so I don't know why I did this. But, you know, then I realized it's OK. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on your podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, when did you first start writing music? I didn't start writing music until after I was in college or maybe toward the end of my time in college. That was when I got together with the people in the band, You, Me, and the Radio. And that was my first band. And um, that was the first place where I was sort of exploring, like kind of songwriting at that point. But I think more I was thinking about improvising. Um, I had been in school for music education. So I was studying how to teach uh, string instruments. And I never really thought of myself as a performer. But then I think I finished college and I sort of, I guess I wasn't required to do a concert, but I did a concert and I think it was actually my first like concert. I sort of realized, oh, I've been scared of this thing that's really, really nice. That was when I sort of got the bug, I think. And then I, um, yeah, started by exploring improvising, I think. Cool. What was your first instrument? Like when did you start playing an instrument? Um, I started playing cello when I was in fourth grade, like traditional public school. Um, and then I kind of didn't really get serious about um, playing music until I was in high school. I think a big part of, of why that was was because I was friends with a lot of people who were in bands. Um, I grew up on Long Island and a lot of my friends were in ska bands. Classic. I think that because because of that I was sort of going to their shows and things like that um and that probably planted the seeds for me without me realizing it I never really thought I would be the one on the stage <laughs> just thought I would be the one like bringing the goldfish and like doing the merch table and stuff like that um but then I was also because of doing cello I played cello with my friend Paul and I think when I was at the end of my time in high school, sort of thought, oh, maybe I will continue to pursue this. Yeah. And then it's been a journey of attempting to be confident in myself since then. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to do. I mean, for the longest time, I didn't really feel like, I mean, I always like did performance stuff, but it took me a long time to be like, okay, like I'm going to have a full band for my own music or like my songs are good enough for that or like that is like ultimately what I want to do. So if you want to get into the first one, I don't know if you want to say anything about it before we give it a listen. The first the first one I sent you was from that band, You, Me, and the Radio, which is what I did right after college. Um, and so I'm playing cello and I am also singing and I believe that I wrote the song um, but as with pretty much all of the groups that I've been involved in there's a lot of uh, group 
composition um, and improvising. Mm-hmm. But I think all, I think everything I sent you, I was sort of the lead um, composer of the material. So yeah, this is probably the first thing I did where I, I recorded myself uh, singing and playing cello. Little bird singing, I want to, I want to deconstruct. It's funny listening to myself sing from this. <laughs> I feel like my my the first my the first recording I did singing and. It's pretty much like talking. <laughs> it sounds like talking, I think. It's so scary to like listen back to your singing voice for the first time recorded because it really it sounds so much so different from what you hear in your head. Yeah, I think I think it took me a while to get used to that. I feel like I'm finally. Um, as shy as I am, comfortable with hearing my own voice. So at this time, I was also listening to this record on and off, uh, Jessica Pavone and Mary Halverson, that I was feeling particularly inspired by. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think I can hear that in the song. a seriousness to the music that I think is only present in my first music also (laughs) yeah sort of learned how to be playful as I got older where did you record this how did you record it this was I think it was at Angelo Peters' house, Peter's house, um, in Ithaca, New York. Um, he had this band, Big Mean Sound Machine. I don't know if they're still a band. But, it's a good um, band name. They were very popular in Ithaca. I think Damien, who plays guitar in this, he might have, I think he was play. he played in Big Mean Sound Machine, so there was a band connection thing happening. Improvising like this has stayed in my music from then till now, but mm-hmm. yeah, maybe it's just the playfulness thing and sort of also honing in how I write um, sections and things like that, I think. I mean, definitely for me too, I went through a period of just like taking myself, I think just too seriously, which like, I don't know that you can, you can feel that in people's music sometimes. It's not like it's not like you can't have music that's like serious or straightforward, but like (laughs) when, (laughs) when you're like now, and now I'm going to make a real serious song, like you kind of feel that vibe.
this part of an album or an EP? Yeah. Yeah, it's, um... Oh, God, what was it called? I think it was just called Yumi and the Radio. Um, yeah, it was four songs. I think it came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually think it's kind of an interesting uh, group sound, but... It's cool because I I feel like when I listen to my old music, I kind of just hear like like the people and the place that... I was in at the time and the, the people I was around mm-hmm. and so in that way it feels it's like heartwarming too I think yeah yeah it is sweet to like look back at those and and think about think about those like relationships and yeah ad- exactly. adventures yeah. <laughs> yeah and so were you, you playing these songs out what kind of places were you performing yeah so we did um that was also my first tour, and we went on this sort of huge tour. <laughs> but uh-huh. I think none of us really knew very much about touring at the, at the time. But we, we played a lot of just, like, galleries and, you know, small small venues. And it's actually, yeah, really, really nice. Yeah, so I remember we played this gallery in Rhode Island in Providence. I wish I could remember what it was called. But it was just, like, kind of just, like, an amazing show. And I, I still remember some really amazing shows from that tour, and I... Definitely learned a lot. Yeah, you got to go on some of those like big weird tours. I think to like <laughs> to get the feel yeah, for big it. weird tours. <laughs> uh, so, what's the next one that you have? I sent this one because I thought, okay, it's kind of similar. I'm singing and I'm playing cello, but it has that new sort of new thing of new for me at the time of sort of a more playful approach to similar ideas. I think mm-hmm. of still like playing pretty freely, pretty simple song design. But the way we're expressing these kinds of like improvising and things like that, I think we're taking ourselves um, less seriously. And I think I was probably also, you know, learning more about myself at the time. The band is Lycan. So it's Mia Friedman and myself. And we still play together in this band, but also another band we're in called Creative Healing. This is Lycan. And also on this track, Sam Elizabeth plays guitar. Uh, who is the keyboard player from Gorilla Toss. Oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this one. It's just really sweet. This is a song that I wrote. Oh, and also like a similar thing of, it's just like two people, or two voices singing kind of how, in, like in the last one. This is a song that I wrote for you. did you start um, working in this project? So after You, Me, and the Radio, I moved to Boston, and it was soon after that, so maybe 2014 or 2015. This is a song that I wrote for you. And it's, it's also the similar thing of just... It was, I was, you know, around different people and just thinking about those people and everything. Do you like my song? 
like I feel like this is the background question anytime I'm performing any song I've written. It's like here's the song I wrote for you. Do you like it? Please let me know. I think my sister told me recently that she did a film to this and put it in some kind of loop festival. And I was like, oh, okay. hear that I was learning to play and listen listen while I was playing whereas in the first thing I think I was sort of like oh my god I'm making a recording <laughs> right totally <laughs> like very in your own head about like the yeah, yeah exactly yeah. oh that was sweet thank you yeah you have one more track to listen to here if you want to chat about that before we give it a listen so is this band EKP so this was also in Boston a similar time as the Lycan um, group was happening. Um, so I think a big part of this is that Jesse, who is in a lot of bands with me and is now my uh, husband. At the time, he showed me uh, Deerhoof, and I think I had never heard Deerhoof before. You know, when I was in Ithaca, I felt like I was in circles and friends with people who didn't necessarily... Like the aesthetic or the the music they were interested in, I feel like was not really connecting with me. And then I think when I moved to Boston, I sort of was like, oh, like all this stuff that I, I sort of felt like I was longing to figure something out. And I think I found it when I, uh, these new people I met sort of introduced me to a lot of ideas in terms of making music and everything. Um, so anyway, so Jesse introduced me to Dear If I remember we had the, one of those silver stereos in the, in the apartment. And he plug in his iPod and I was like, oh, my God, is something about it just like totally tickled me, you know? And I I think it was part of it is that thing of being in um, around ska bands and things when I was growing up. And it's sort of like that, oh, that like exciting feeling, that sort of special thing when you have that uh, nostalgia for certain kinds of music and things like that. I think it's something about that, something about the music just feeling super fresh to me. And so that led me <laughs> to trying to make a guitar band and so I had never played guitar before so this music is completely just intuitive a bunch of friends who also live with me just it just was the right moment and we all sort of got together and made this band um, EKP which is all my songs plus all of them you know doing their thing Uh, so this song is one of our favorite couple of our favorite songs from that time and it is Love Song from EKP Sour Don't this is Bori Shin, Ethan Parcell, Alec Watson, and Jesse Heasley, and me. Um, Matt Delgatti was also part of it. Pickled slumber, could you ask another Was 
was it exciting to switch to guitar? Picking up the guitar was, I think there's something about writing differently on different instruments. And maybe it's picking up an instrument you don't know how to play also sort of can, can give you that desired effect of just finding different things, I think. Always thinking. Everything's just bit, was just it's just been a big experiment. <laughs> that's the most fun thing. I mean, that's like honestly one of the. I mean, one of the things I miss about like playing with other people right yeah. now because I'm not really doing that much in the pandemic is just the thing of like doing something dumb <laughs> in practice or in the studio but then you're like wait but like what if we actually <laughs> yeah. did a dumb thing and recorded it and then it becomes part of the song and then you're like hey this is actually pretty good but it started out as a stupid joke or exactly that's the the sum is greater than the parts than the you know other people make it better <laughs> in my in my earlier music too where it's like I hear like impulses I have to do certain kinds of sections or certain kinds of switches but I don't necessarily like have it developed enough the ideas I think so I could hear like oh I could like do that a different way or I think I trust my instincts more now to in terms of pacing when I'm writing on this is completely absurd to me. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I still support myself doing it. <laughs> I think when we did that live, we used to do it like gang vocals. Everybody would just scream. It was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds great. Dan Hochstein was a, uh, oh, I forgot about this part. I like that part. Our friend Dan Hochstein was a, a, um, a student at Emerson College at the time, and so he got us into the radio studio to record that for free oh that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it was really great it was really fun it was my first time being in like a you know a studio with things <laughs> yeah it's super exciting like my college had a recording studio I took like an intro to recording class um in that and I got I like did some a special project for credit where I got to like record an EP and mess around in the studio and it was like really fun to be able to learn and do that for free and not have to pay for it <laughs> um and get totally, an idea yeah. of what to do so uh yeah, I'm super grateful for that experience 
How would you say your songwriting process has changed over the years, if at all? After everything we've heard so far, um, I was part of a group called Listening Woman, um, which was about eight people in Boston. Mm -hmm. And um, I was kind of the ringleader, I guess, of the group. So we all kind of wrote the music together. But I mean, some people wrote sort of similar to the other projects. Some people wrote things. But I did a lot of... Um, composing like structures for that so mm -hmm. be like sections with just like a couple words and then we sort of create from that and I think that that experience taught me a lot about form so I sort of had this experience of like modeling loose compositions on specific forms for example like this one thing I heard that I liked copy the form and then maybe I'll try and make something different with that form um, and so I think that from that experience I've learned how to learn from music that I really like and ingest <laughs> it's kind of a gross word but the form I think form is a really exciting idea to me I feel like I've learned how to take it in and then sort of separate from that trust myself and create compositions that are you know paced in a certain type of way whereas before I sort of felt like starting from nothing was um I sort of had no idea what to do um whereas now I feel like I have a lot of not systems, but I sort of can trust myself to take it from one step to another step. Well, writing, writing has been, it's been a different, it's, it changes all the time, I guess. Sometimes I, I sort of do the full day, but other times I write on Muse score. I always have to sort of divorce myself from it at a point and say, oh my God, please just stop listening to the MIDI file because otherwise everybody's going to play it like the MIDI file. <laughs> it's nice to write on Muse score because it's just, I don't need a lot of stuff. Um, I could do it late at night and things like that. But um, my fa my favorite thing to do is is making demos. I think because then I can sort of make sounds I want, sort of get it to a point where I feel like the vibe is right, and then I can sort of bring it to a group that I think. And then that's always been really important to me too. I think is getting the right people together and sort of using that experience to sort of let it become more than I could have possibly imagined and because I trust the people that I'm in that I'm playing music with I guess um, and then it just makes me value those relationships very deeply yeah I think that that is so I mean all of that I relate to that's so real there are some songs that like I put out under Esther that were like not with a full band and we're like on a record that I released that was just basically me and um, my cellist Caitlin. Um, but then we re-recorded some of them like full six piece band and it really like, you know, cause I was like, well, what would it sound like if we did it? It would change the song. It would be this different thing. Like what can these people bring in terms of like different parts and ideas and feelings? Um, I think that that's very fun to be able to do. And also like, Lately, when I've been writing the past, like, couple of years, I've, I'm thinking a lot about, like, okay, is this a song that is, the, like, can just be smaller and doesn't really need a lot of people and is, like, more of a solo record thing? Or is this one that, like, really would shine with a full band and, like, figuring out the difference between, like, what's the song that is really going to be enhanced by adding stuff to it and what's the song that's going to be enhanced by leaving it bare? And I think it can be hard to figure it out at first. I, I agree with that. And that, that makes me think about something that something else that's important to me when I'm writing is 
just thinking about what is for. I think also being involved in so many, obviously right, not not right now, but in traditionally in my life, um, like or at least in the past four years, I've been involved in a lot of groups. That experience of being involved in so many different groups, I can sort of think, oh, like I can imagine what group it's for and then I can create it. Or I can sort of have a seat and be like, eh, what is this? Is this, you know, a lichen song? Is this a lichen recording that, we'll, that we should make it but never perform live? You know, I could sort of think specifically about it. And then I think having that kind of vision of it, even though I don't actually want to bring it to completion before I bring it to the group, I think having a vision of what it might sort of feel like at the end um, can help me uh, start the creation process and sort of like, it's like a finding the thread. And then I'm like, okay, I know sort of, I know my thread. Yeah. That's why I'm so, I'm so grateful for my smartphone so I can like record because I have a little, <laughs> little app so I can do like eight tracks or whatever recording oh, nice. so that I can like, you know, if I have an idea for a keys line, I can put that little idea in and then like throw it to my synth player and be like, here's like the seed. Like, what can you do with this? I like this idea, but like, how can we build off of that for the whole song and things like that? So because otherwise I just forget them if I don't if I don't record them and put them down. Oh, my God. They go out of my head yeah. and then they're gone forever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that I feel like that is a lesson I have learned. Um, I feel like I finally learned that lesson. I get that feeling like this is something I should record. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to get my phone. But I'm like, no, just go get it. Just, and I feel like I've trained myself at this point. I feel the feeling. I put the recorder on. I have to, because I want like a million times I was like, oh, I won't forget that. No. I'll remember that. No. I never, you don't remember it. Yeah. It leaves your head because you think of a, think of something and then you start thinking yeah. about, well, what am I going to have for dinner? And then you don't remember the melody anymore or whatever. I know. I feel like it's just, it's like a really important part of the practice is sort of getting used to what that feels like for recording and then just also generally you sort of feel like oh yeah this is an idea worth expanding on whether now or you know in two months when I'm searching my phone for riffs <laughs> uh what are some things you've been listening to lately that you've been enjoying the past few days I've been listening to a lot of ABBA <laughs> um, <laughs> that's great which, is, which has been really nice I've, I think I saved a bunch of records to listen to because um do you know Christina Schneider mm -mm. um she is uh Oh, wow. I have an advertisement for her band right here. Locate S1. Lo <laughs> Locate S1. Oh, that's great. Um, so Christina's band, Locate S1. So she said that she, in some, I don't know if I heard this from her directly or some interview she gave. She was saying that she really liked those like 70s ABBA records and how they recorded them with like a lot of layered drums. So I don't know. I think I had saved them and I'd just been having fun listening to them. Honestly, I've been taking time to just check things out i feel like when i'm in that headspace i feel really really good i feel like i'm sort of can feel what i feel what it feels like to be myself and sort of oh like have this experience listening to this record or like i can sort of have a thought about it and that's i think that that's what i've been enjoying a lot lately just sort of checking things out with sort of just a open mind uh, rather than playing on certain things that i really like um, but of course I have those things that I really like <laughs> and some of them are really weird. Like I love um, some new age stuff like Himakami. Well, I already mentioned Deerhoof. They're super influential to me, I think. And then just sort of, I'm kind of one of those people that I just check a lot of things out from kind of all across the board. And then I sort of like latch onto like one little strange thing from all these different things. And that's actually a big part of my writing too, I think, is I sort of 
consciously take that in and I sort of notice. I was talking about earlier how I notice when I have that feeling of writing that some good idea is coming. Mm -hmm. I also feel like I have that, I've attuned that for listening to. So I'll just be sort of listening to a record and then maybe it's kind of all glossing over, but then I'm like, oh, I really like that one sound. (laughs) And I sort of consciously note it. I'm like, oh, I love that one sound. And then I sort of have this little library of things from all these different things that I've let in. I think I maybe, I don't know if it's to a fault, but I try sort of to be overly non-judgmental and just sort of learn from all the music I'm hearing. But that being said, if something's really boring to me, I, I usually pass on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. You can't listen to everything. There isn't time, no. frankly. Oh my gosh, no. And there is a lot of boring, quote unquote, white bread music. Um there is. That is out there in in our universe. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's ways to be judgmental, um, like helpfully ju- judgmental. I don't know. Maybe judgmental is not the right word, but discerning. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. Just to have your sort of critical lens on things, so help to help you um, sort of learn about yourself. I think. I don't know. That's been my experience. I also write like non-band music. I just thought I'd mention it because I just did this um, film score f- with my friend Leo Hardman Hill uh, for a little short film that'll probably come out at some point. Yeah, we just, I live with a bunch of musicians. He and I also live together, so we wrote the music. We live with, it's about 10 people, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they were all musicians for the most part or artists of some kind. So anyway, we just sort of like wrote for the people in the house and then we recorded it. My experience is a lot about just experimenting with sort of different things and just trying to be like patient and just sort of seeing what's what's here, what are the resources we have, and um, just kind of working with that. And then along those lines, I'm also doing a little uh, band in the house. Uh huh. You know, quarantine band. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so similar people, just or the same people, but you know, just playing guitars and things like that. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm I'm so lucky to be able to to do that during. Uh, the quarantine you know living with a lot of people is it's hard um, but it's it's also really beautiful uh, for a lot of reasons right there's pros and cons to to all living situations yeah, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> especially Seriously. right now and, and they're all very they're all very uh clear right now <laughs> what those pros and cons yeah. are <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thank you so much for being on the podcast oh yeah it's I'm obviously very I'm very shy person so I'm like blah 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 but really great to be here and you uh, did great thank you and (laughs) I just I realized I haven't talked about spirits having fun for even one second of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) which is really funny that's fine that's fine we all know we all know there will be a link in the episode description to spirits having fun (laughs) music so well thank you everybody for listening to the show thank you bye for listening you can find a link to spirits having fun's music in the episode description and you can find us on instagram at bad songwriter and on twitter at bad underscore songwriter if you are interested in being on the show you can shoot me an email at bad at gmail.com and if you're enjoying listening to the show we'd love it if you could rate review subscribe follow share with a friend post about it on social media all of these things help us out Hope you have a good week. Bye.